0: into these two games and i guess the vibe around the team and the fans uh i went to the game thursday so we'll start there that celtics lost burns i think the celtics are nine and zero against the nets or their last nine games they have beat the nets and uh the nets lose to the celtics 101 109 98 thursday in brooklyn and the place was packed there was a good representation of celtics fans i will say that Uh, But when is there not, you know, Boston people live in New York specifically. Some of them probably live in Brooklyn. But when that game started, I felt good. When that game started, you had guys shooting the ball, Joe Harris, uh, and then T.J. Warren. You had guys getting shots up from three. They hoisted a lot of threes in the air. Uh, I was, you know, pleased to see Joe Harris watch the ball go through and T.J. Warren kind of, you know, trying to figure out where the scoring is going to come from without seven. But Kyrie didn't shoot well. And obviously the story of the night, uh, which, you know, wrongfully so, rightfully so, however you see it, however you feel, uh, you know, the Celtics had six, almost seven starters in double digits, and the Nets had a starter, put together almost a zero-point triple-double. I thought Clax was aggressive and played tough, but you know what? Uh, you need to get rebounds, and... Uh, I'll pass it around the horn and get you guys thoughts on the Celtics loss. The last thing I'll say about it is they rested Jalen Brown, who had 41 points the night before. They also rested Al Horford, and they knew that they could stay with the Nets and eventually beat the Nets. They held Jason Tatum to nine points in the first half. I think he ended up with like 12 late uh, with seconds left. But, you know, the Celtics came in with a plan, executed that plan, and they knew they could do that not at full strength. So it was definitely deflating to see, uh, you know, late in that game,
2: the Nets just couldn't stay with them and they were able to close out. Robin? Well, look, the Celtics have dominated the Nets. There's no other way to put it. I have Celtics fans, friends who say since uh, Kyrie stepped on the, the, the Lucky or whatever his name is on, on the, the damn court, whatever the case may be. But it's, it's very much like uh, the way that the Nets have owned the Knicks, right? Uh, this is on a, a grander scale because the Boston Celtics are, right now I would say, the, the clear favorite. To win the NBA championship and the the bar, the measuring stick, the Nets need to reach. And and I was looking forward to this game because I thought it was the the way the Nets have been playing, the chance to see how they stack up against them. Unfortunately, when you take KD off the table, and I know Boston wasn't fully healthy either, it's no longer that litmus test game. But you still want the the Nets to get a win. And there's just no smack talk that Brooklyn fans can have towards Boston fans right now. Uh, There's two players you alluded to there, and I alluded to at the top of the show that I, I think are, are going to be off-discussed. We'll, we'll start with Kyrie Irving, former Celtic. W- one is Kyrie, who has been in a shooting slump. And Kyrie is, is brilliant, um, brilliantly talented, uh, as good a, a, a tight scorer as there is in the league. But I think we now have enough return to say definitively that over years uh, kind of, of data, not just small sample, he's not a number one. You know, Kyrie thrives in that number two role, where he can play off of someone else, which allows him to play to his strengths, which is creating off the dribble, you know, uh, improvising, if you will. He's not exactly a playmaker, right? He's not exactly the kind of guy that you expect to break down the defense and set up others. That's just not his game. And he also doesn't impact the game in a bunch of ways outside of scoring. You know, part of that's just due to his size, not really through any fault of his own. But you're never thinking, oh, man, Kyrie's going to dominate this game on defense. Or comment, Kyrie's going to dominate this game with intangibles or whatever the case may be. Kyrie's going to score. That's what he does. He thrived next to LeBron, the, the best period of his career in that role. And the, the best stretch of basketball the Nets have had is, is where we just saw that, him doing it off of KD. When he's been thrust into that lead role, it hasn't worked out as well. And then there's Ben Simmons, who did have the zero points uh, against Boston. I, I think he might have been the only net who was a net positive in that game plus it, 10 yep. a single game plus minus you know his foul trouble was was almost to me a bigger deal than his lack of scoring in that game because it took him off the floor but sometimes you know when you put your tinfoil hat on you do wonder if some of that stuff is related a little bit he's reckless with the fouls and with the screens and does he you know is there a part of him that's subconsciously saying let me get in foul trouble so i'm not playing at the end of the game and, and then there's also you know i'm going to take it one step further he has that zero points He says he's going to need to score more, and then all of a sudden his back flares up and he's not playing in the next game. I'm not accusing. I'm just saying there's at least enough, given he hasn't exactly proven to be the the most uh, mentally tough player, where you do wonder sometimes if, if something can be amiss with him.
1: And on that topic, you do have to wonder if one of the reasons that that became an issue was this was the first game where you really saw some serious Ben Simmons boo-birds come out for passed-up shots. It, there was some serious booing. Uh, I believe it was on. He, he was going in for a layup, not quite as egregious as the the, the layup he passed out of when he was with Philly. But he, he was going for a layup, tried to um, dish it off while he was in midair. It actually could have been a, a good pass. It would have been an easy setup if the pass was a little bit better, a little crisper. But that brought some serious boos out from Nets fans and I have been someone who has been in the camp of we have to give him time you know right now we've solidified ourselves enough as a team that we can hopefully get to the playoffs and have him have as much of a a chance as much of a runway to do what he does and what he can do uh, in the playoffs but like we talked about in our last little mini episode he has to step up he has to step up in a certain way and at a certain point it's not about whether or not he's, his scoring numbers are there. What, what I think is probably the most you know, fear-inducing for Nets fans is the lack of attempted shots. I don't think Nets fans would complain if he was going up, putting up 10 shots a game and missing them all. I mean, we've had plenty. We had plenty of players in that game. Kyrie Irving shot 37 from the field, you know, 25 percent from three. Right. It's not something that Nets fans are going to be upset about him for. And it's almost an interesting situation that he's found himself in because that level of fear or anxiety or whatever it may be that is preventing him from taking shots and being more assertive as a scorer seems to be actually doing him more harm with the fan community uh, as a whole, which I know is something he's struggled with in the past. So I think he's in a bit of a, a conundrum here with his lack of shooting, lack of effort when it comes to taking shots specifically.
0: So we're having the Ben Simmons conversation right now. Let's go around the horn on it. I'll, I'll chime in. I was in there. I was in the arena. And shout out to the block. It was good to be back in Section 1 with the Brooklyn Brigade and you know it's a family vibe you know we've seen a bunch of games together uh you know some of those guys for 10 years i've been involved the last 3 years but the boobirds you talk about the boobirds it's frustrating to watch a guy pass up a shot when he's in the paint and jock Vaughn came out and talked about how many threes they put up and their lack of shot attempts in the paint and obviously you miss that with kd who's having a Historic year, or was having a historic year from the mid range and in the paint. But for Ben Simmons, he had three shot attempts. It was almost like he was trying to go for the scoreless double double. And that's frustrating for fans to watch because we're trying to keep pace, we're trying to score. And we've talked about it on this podcast, Robin. Shoot the ball, it's basketball. The whole point of the game is to try and put the basket into, or the (laughs) basket into the ball, the ball into the basket. And when you pass up on shots consistently, it messes up the flow of the game. And you think the Celtics don't know that? You think the Celtics aren't prepared for that? They are. But I understand there was a a fraction of people that wanted to defend Ben Simmons. There's no more defense. And I understand you could say people are like, you know, the. the people that think that they're better than casual fans or think that they know more because they played JV a season, like those people are are out to say he played a great game or not a great game, a good game. I hope no one said great because of him setting screens, playing defense, getting rebounds. But it's like part of the game is taking the open shot when you have it. So for me, like my patience is is done. This is it, right? Because when we first, Started talking about making that trade. I didn't want it. Why? Because I knew that we were going to take on this headache. I knew we were going to adopt this player that was going to be a shell of himself 40 days or 400 days removed from his last game where he did pass up on an open layup or could have punched it. Now, it's our problem. And I look at the Nets as they're currently constructed as like this. Everything happens for a reason you know Hudson has cited this is why KD sent the trade request what are you doing without me KD pretty much knows he's going to get hurt what's the team without me and it's a test for Ben Simmons he failed the first one his back flared up after that and he sits the next one and they lose without him they could have used him last night and with Kyrie we we were talking about during the stretch of winning uh 12 in a row extend Kyrie extend Kyrie Well, now the microscope is on Kyrie even more. Let's see what you do. I understand if you're better as Robin, but we need you to be Batman right now. You've been Batman before. Let's see it. So right now the focus is on those two guys because the Nets big three, when you subtracted Harden, turned into KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. And right now, Ben Simmons, I don't care how many screens he sets. I don't care how many rebounds and assists he has. He hurts the team by not going up. And this is the last thing I'll say about it before we pass it around again and go to Robin. I watched the game on Martin Luther King Day. I want to say 2019. Me and John Sable, who's usually in the uh, chat, Mr. Burn Notice, we went to the game. It was Sixers-Nets on Martin Luther King Day. And Ben Simmons had a 34-point triple-double with Kendall Jenner sitting courtside. And I actually had good seats thanks to John. We were about six rows back. And I remember watching him abuse Jared Allen. He had every move in his bag. He had his way in the paint. And after I saw that with my own eyes, and I saw how he played against the Celtics with my own eyes, this is not the same guy. And now the Nets have this light version of Ben Simmons. In my opinion, the experiment is over. The waiting period is over. He's not going to just magically wake up one day. Even when he shows you some games of being aggressive or taking more shots, he's not going to wake up someday this season and be what he was